0: Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, all new episodes for 2023 where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today I welcome Danuka McKenzie, festival organizer extraordinaire and author of the detective Kate Miles crime fiction series The Torrent and Taken which we'll be talking about today. Welcome back Danuka.
1: Hey Danny and congrats to you as well on your big release week. <laughs> epic yay we must Rest. be the
0: month for great <laughs> books denuga yes we actually have the same release date yeah it's a very special day yes (laughs) so when I go into the bookshop next week I'm gonna put them they won't ever be together crime and kids but I'll take a photo of them together in the same book yeah that'd be awesome (laughs) (laughs) taken follow up to the torrent um you know I'm looking at the cover and we talked about this before and it really ties in beautifully with the first one I think different but sort of same color palette Mm. give us an elevator pitch as to what taken is about
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, Taken is my follow-up to my debut, The Torrent. And so it's definitely a standalone mystery, but it follows the same characters that were set up in The Torrent. So we have Detective Kate Miles, who is a police officer in the Northern Rivers region of New South Wales, um, and her family and her police colleagues. Um, and so, in Taken, we're essentially picking up Kate's story about I think it's about four months after the events of the torrent, um, and Kate is back at work from maternity leave and and struggling a bit with the uh, the pressures of a second child, um, and also you know having to prove herself back at work and. Um, She's also kind of dealing with the mental health kind of fallout from some of the events of the torrent, as well as um, there appears to be a potential scandal brewing in the media in the background, which may involve her dad, who's the ex-chief of the station she works out of. So there's a few things going on. In the midst of this, she gets handed kind of the biggest case of her career to date, which is the case um, of a young infant going missing uh, from her home, apparently abducted from her home. Um, So it's Kate's job to Find out who has taken baby Sienna, and and the story goes from there.
0: So not much happening
1: at all, really. Not nothing at all. <laughs> in fact, it's quite yeah, it's kind of it's a snooze, really. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just something inside me when you said going back to work after maternity leave. And I just remember that being just such a hard time, like coming back from that. So I totally related to that character and no one knows the struggle, you know, you're just turning up, doing your job, but you know, you're doing all sorts of things, expressing milk and racing home to feed babies and all that kind of stuff. It's actually tough going. So it's good that you reflected, you know, that kind of struggle on the return to work.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I and I did want to kind of um, give a quite realistic, uh, you know, depiction of that because I mean, like I, I'm like you, Daniel. I remember those days, um, and you know, the expressing of the milk, and and I always stuffed up my my feed times. God, that was I was just so hopeless of getting the feed times right, and I was constantly kind of overfull and. You know, there's all sorts of things going wrong, and and you'd think by the second child I would have learned, but I no, really they're didn't. They're different, and, though. No, yeah, and um, you know, and it just it it was physically hard, and you were exhausted, and um, and then yeah, but you know, like your your obligations kind of don't go away. You know, you still have to be all of the things that you were before, but then you also have the the children to look after, yeah. um, and in that kind of weird altered altered kind of mental state of, yeah. kind of awake exhausted kind of a little bit resentful yeah. <laughs> having to full-on yeah, perform having that. yeah having a million expectations on you some of which you put on yourself you know yeah. not you know but others that you absorb and and it literally like it's this weird thing that it literally does not matter how many times you go oh, I'm not going to absorb any of that or like everybody's trying to be kind and all the rest of it and yet there's still that pressure i don't know where it comes from but it does and you feel you have to do everything and it's only by bitter experience that you <laughs> learn. in fact you cannot
0: <laughs> you cannot and you know what we don't want to do everything no, we do, can't. No. like it sounds good but it's been a bit overrated the whole superwoman thing Yes. I'm quite happy to just go no can't do that sorry totally totally <laughs> yes exactly now, this being a series, book two, in what I believe is to be a three-book series. Who knows, It might end up being like a 25-book series. Yeah. Um, obviously, it must be great to follow your character throughout, but what are the challenges of writing a series? Because I imagine you need them to be standalone and there's arcs of the characters for each book, but then you kind of got to have a character arc across the series as well. So it's it's complicated.
1: Yeah, you're right. Like, so I think what I probably struggled with and tried to, I guess, work with, you know, through the edits was, you know, how much of sort of the torrent plot we were giving away, you know, because I guess, you know, it is a standalone plot, Um so, so there's two things, obviously. So, I am not a big fan of kind of series or, you know, particularly on TV, it's probably not as bad in books, but particularly on TV where, you know, in the second episode or the second season or whatever, the, the hero is completely reborn, you know, like, and they, there's, there appears to be no impact from all the horrible things that they either did or saw, you know, or, or experienced. They're just, you know, they're just completely fine. Reset button. Reset. Yeah, there's a reset button. And, you know, for me, I felt no, I had to like properly address the, the issues that she went through in, in the torrent. And, and so she does suffer from, um, you know, that mental health fallout and a little bit of PTSD and kind of she's, she's still processing all the things that happen at the end of the torrent. So, so that felt like to me, that felt like something I really had to do. And that felt, um, honest for her as a character that that would be the mental state she would be in, which would make everything more on edge because it's yeah. that on top of everything else she has to deal with. Um so so there was that going on. So I so in that sense there was that connection to the previous book. And so then I had to like be really careful of how much we like how much I gave of the story of the torrent, so there, there's a little bit, but I still think you can go back to the torrent and enjoy it. Like you can read this, yep. definitely standalone. You can come to this um, as your first book, as as uh, a number of readers actually have done and have have um, messaged me about it, and and it, that's still perfectly fine. So I think it was that balance of trying mm-hmm. to find that um in terms of their, I guess, overarching stories. I. Um, I really felt like that the torrent was very much setting up the chess pieces, you know, and I think there was a lot more to say, particularly about Kate's relationship with with her dad. And I really enjoyed kind of getting into that relationship in this in this book. That was actually one of the um, most fun um, and really enjoyable kind of parts of the book that I got to write. So uh, you know, so I was um, knew I wanted to do that, and and that was something I was really looking forward to. So I was glad I got to do that. Um, and then there's another character that kind of popped back in, you know, who is there in the torrent. I'm definitely not gonna, this is a spoiler if I get this away, but but you know, who comes back and, and yeah. you get to hear his backstory a little bit. Um, and I think that fleshes out that character a little bit more. Um, and that I had a lot of fun doing that mm. um, because um people had a lot of opinions about <laughs> the energy torrent. And uh, uh and so so it was it was interesting kind of some of the reader feedback oh oh that made me think of that person differently and so you know and i love that i love being able to do that for for readers so yeah
0: that's really cool now the crux of the idea of the book there's lots of things going on but at the center you've got and this is kind of horrifying when you read it i was in the shower i left sienna in her bassinet when i got out she was gone how hard was this to write as a mother or did you just completely separate sever mother and writer
1: um I think there's a little bit of um severing mother and writer um I think uh, for me when I started writing this well probably the earliest I started writing was probably um early 2019 possibly end of 2018 I can't quite remember exactly when I started writing this but um the kids were not baby stage you know like they so um my youngest would have been three by that point so they weren't like baby baby yes. um and so i did have that separation um at le- you know so it wasn't as difficult i think it would have been pretty much impossible to write it when yeah. they were uh because it would have been too close
0: Had a mess in with saying, your mind even more than the hormones do <laughs>
1: absolutely yeah 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 in saying that um there was some research i had to do for this because a lot of the, the plot in this uh book hangs um hangs on some of the forensic details so I really had to go quite deep into the forensic stuff and yeah and then there were some days where I really felt I had to rinse rinse my mind you know like there was some pretty full-on stuff I had to look up um but it felt like like in order to get the detail right I really had to give it um and, and to kind of depict some of that stuff sensitively like I I really had to do the research because I think if I had done it at a very surface level um it wouldn't have done it justice so and 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 that's the problem with research because you have to do so much in order to get like one paragraph you know
0: um
1: and so a lot of that stuff lives with you but you don't necessarily transfer that to the reader um so yeah
0: Mm, that is interesting but I think possibly and tell me if I'm wrong here that That even that knowledge that you may not use to write the words it's still there in the background to fill up the story even though it's not there you know what I mean it's it's subtext oh
1: totally absolutely because you need to tell yourself the story and out of that you can then pick out the things that the reader needs to hear but if you don't know the full story then you can't present it in the like in in the way you want to to the reader because you don't have the full story yet so often I mean I think that's what they talk like getting a little bit away from the research side that's what they talk about that kill your darling thing where often you know um, you know you're writing pages and pages and pages but because you're trying to get to know that character and so you're writing all their backstory and all the rest of it but actually the reader doesn't need to know any of that yeah but you needed to know that because it's the first time you're discovering the reader and then actually in the revisions and um, edits you're cutting it all out because now you know you know that character now so so then you pick out the things that the reader actually need to know at the right time of that of of the story and the
0: reader will know all of that stuff kind of because it'll be implied through dialogue or through the Mm. reactions and actions and relationships with people so all that stuff will come through but Mm. not in a you know in a in a way that's telling them now you talked earlier about you know all the multiple threads and characters and all the things that are going on behind the scenes and the personal versus professional. How, what's your process in wrangling all the components of crime, because I do feel like crime is one of those really complex genres that just has everything going on you hmm. know there's almost an expectation in crime that you will have everything going on that setting will be important and characters and relationships and then your crime and then you need a twist and a red herring and possible suspects like it's it's the one genre that just requires everything of you right
1: yeah absolutely look i don't really know i mean i wish i had an actual proper answer for <laughs> <laughs> but from the fact that i kind of I just, just
0: had... wrote words <laughs>
1: I, kept writing. I know, I kind of kept writing the words. Um look, uh I, I did have a like I hit a wall in the middle of this this book, but that was because I had for the you know I had actually gone to the trouble of planning it chapter by chapter. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did that was because I submitted this manuscript to the um Rochelle Prize and and that you know it requires you to give uh like a full chapter outline. And so for that reason I went and planned it. And that like I learned the lesson from that 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 actually didn't work for me because you know like sort of seven you know six seven eight months down the line when you get to that point of the story turns out that's not the story because you've worked that ending out or you've worked that storyline out like eight months ago when you submitted this thing right Uh, but now it turns out that wasn't the story and I had to kind of unpick it and re knit it back together and so that so that became a real thing so so what I learned from that process is that I am definitely not a planner to that like to Dead that time. micro level um but what I had what I learned about myself is that I absolutely need to have scaffold- scaffolding yeah, sure. so I need to know I need to know the murderer I need to know the well you know like all the perpetrator I should say <laughs> and the, the um like the big reveal like or the big twist as you say you know um and uh, I probably need to know a couple of the plot, uh, subplots or not plot points, but yeah, subplots. And then, yeah, that'll kind of get me there. That'll, yeah, you know, yeah. through
0: it. Yeah. No, I agree. And I just think not just with crime, but with all writing, it's kind of good that you do get surprises yourself throughout yes. as you're writing, because then the reader's going to be surprised as
1: well. I think. No, that's true. And I think it's that thing where, like, writers kind of put it in a way to say, oh, you know, the characters kind of spoke to me and they did this thing that I wasn't expecting. But it's that funny thing where it's actually all your subconscious, you know, and and it's just because you're so immersed in this story and these these people's lives. Your subconscious is always working on it and you're just not aware, that you know, and then it just turns up on the page and, and your conscious mind goes, oh, wow, I'm a magician. But actually you're not. It's just like it's all your brain working on it but the brain is designed such that you can only be conscious of so many things yeah. at a certain amount of time and so that so it is all you but it feels like this 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 magic you know mm-hmm. and look, what, what I will say about the ta- about the t- <laughs> about taken is that um like I guess with the time it felt like kind of two essentially two plot lines that i together together. Um, whereas this one, I felt like I I kind of threw way more balls in the air, and I and I really tried to land each one. Um, and so I'm quite like proud of that about this book because I did like for me that was like way more like subplots to play with. Yep. And so I, I I really kind of pushed myself in in that sense to just kind of yeah land way more. I was juggling way more balls, and I hope I landed. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it is kind of magic too. Like I, I find like a lot of writing is a lot of thinking and that even though that isn't considered writing, <laughs> I think oh. the thinking part's really important. But I think sometimes, you know, when you think about it, creating, you know, nothing, you start with nothing and then you create yeah. this story with characters that people relate to and feel for and side with mm. and, you know, things that happen that keep you on the edge of your seat and all those things and keep you awake and that like, there's a bit of magic in there. There's a lot of magic in that.
1: Yeah, and I think look, I I think it's like it's all of your reading and it's all of I guess your thoughts about the world, um, uh, you know, and and I guess your viewpoints and how you see the world, it's it's all kind of comes together because I think, you know, me being, you know, a, a big fan of crime fiction, I think I think that does come into yeah, it because sure. I've seen You know, like you get a feeling for, oh, it's a bit slow, you know, like, oh, it's a bit sluggish. You get a feeling even while you're writing that, oh, it's probably not quite working Um, just purely because you read, you know, how many books um, in crime and you know that by this point, something should have happened someone should have done <laughs> you know, or whatever right um so you, so you there is a, there is a this weird instinctive thing that does happen um so yeah like I, yeah so I, I guess there is a process there but certainly it, it you know like, like my day-to-day process is literally just sitting in front of the computer and just writing the next chapter like that you know, type thing and then and then if if in that chapter something changes and I go oh actually now whatever in chapter you know 15 doesn't work anymore I have to go back to that and fix that before I can move on with the whole story so I am a, like a I can't move on until yeah. you know like I fix the thing because that that really annoys me like even <laughs> no even things like um even some really minor thing that i've changed um you know like their workplace or something then then i have to go back and change whatever reference there was in the previous because i cannot move on because it feels like something's itching at the back of my yeah. brain yeah um yeah
0: <laughs> hearing about all Januka's danuka's weird quirks which uh, i like.
1: yeah i am so yes not yeah. good. In my therapy head, anyway. Anyway.
0: we'll change this into a therapy session. Do you know, I don't think anyone wants to really see what's in our both our heads. You know? oh,
1: no, that would be bad. <laughs> yes, it would take a lot more than like
0: forty minutes. Of <laughs> this is now a four-hour episode. So no. Relax. That's right.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, our mate Ben Hobson, author and mm. podcaster for Burgers, Beers books. Biggers burgers bix however yes. whichever I mean, he changes the order every time so you know whatever it's, it's called. whatever anyway, it is we know what he does yes that's right yeah he, he i liked his description of it so i was looking through the reviews and he said thrilling yes action-packed absolutely most importantly though utterly moving now utterly moving is not a description i hear a lot in crime so mm. it's like you kind of did like everything in this book so tell me about the combination of, of making it thrilling and action packed but moving as well was that intentional or was that something that just happened
1: look i think it is just um like trying to be as realistic as possible and 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 true to the emotion as possible so so like I completely accept that this is, you know, commercial fiction. It is escapist. So, like, you know, I'm re- If I'm reading this, I want to escape, right? Yeah. So, so you know, there are utterly unbelievable things in it. Like, you know, she solves the whole thing in a week, and you know, like, it's all, you know, it's all, you know, what I mean. Oh, like, not unbelievable all. So all of that, that is is not real to police work. However, the emotional truth is what people. um to. Of, uh mm-hmm. react to or connect to, yeah. um, and it resonates with them. So it's it's the, her relationship with with Jeff, who you know, essentially they are yeah, they are two parents. They're just doing the best they can, right? Like I'm, uh, I'm, we all <laughs> exactly, and that's what people resonate with because they see themselves there because they see two people who are trying their best within their you know like with, with, within what they're capable of sometimes they make mistakes you know as we all do sometimes they make the bad like the wrong call um but that's okay because that's literally what we all do right and this is just more like pressurized and more kind of um like squished into a week but like say if you look at your parenting career if I can put it that way across you know whatever like you make you know terrible mistakes sometimes and sometimes just silly mistakes but but that but but that's just because it's a because it's a book you know you're squashing all that into it so but i feel like all of those things resonate with people because it feels very real so mm-hmm. her relationship with her dad again like those kind of hero worship versus kind of real fractures within within families but 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 family members were trying to work on it trying to have you know trying to build their relationships and i think with jeff and and kate like what i want to show was that you know, a marriage isn't a static thing or, or a relationship isn't a static mm-hmm. thing. You have to work on it. You have to. Some, some periods in that relationship are worse than others, just purely because of the external pressures. In this case, yeah. you know, young young kids or, like, sometimes it could be like a renovation or, you know, like whatever, right, like or a death in the family or whatever that might be. Yeah. Like sometimes it, it puts you under pressure um, and, it, and you have to, to get through those things, you have to learn how to re-talk about every single issue because they were having a pretty good relationship in the Torah and it turns out, oh, actually, now they have to actually go deep and have, like, really difficult conversations with each other because just because the marriage was good three months ago, it still has to be worked on in order for it to continue to be good. And I just wanted to show that, that like, it's a, it's a process and, and sometimes that may mean that, you know, it doesn't work out but whatever that is, like it's it's a communication, you know, like it just it's not none of that is static. I have a great marriage, full stop and forever. Yeah, and that's it just never work that way, you know? Nothing works that way. So no. you just have to work on it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I like that. I like the idea of emotional truth and I like the idea of relationships continuously evolving and changing mm-hmm. and not always being their best selves because that's that's the truth of it. You yeah. know, And that's yeah. exactly what we've all lived through and all experience. And so I think that can resonate with all of us. And, um, you know, with the parenting, I think the worst thing is when you are trying your best and you're really trying your best and you're trying to work and parent and pick up and drop offs and all those things and then you still get it wrong and go oh i'm oh, trying yeah. my best what if i wasn't even trying my best you know
1: <laughs> no but i think it's also because you're so because every like your life is just full of like a thousand small tiny moments right and it, and in, and and like the concept of being that your best self in every single <laughs> one of those small moments is impossible like yeah. it is impossible yeah. to do that and and so you know whilst you know We see ourselves as essentially good people, and most of our friends and family would agree that, yes, you know, essentially we're good people, we're good intention, and most of the time we're trying to do the right thing, you know, in each of those moments that matter and may potentially create a memory for someone else, including, God forbid, our our offspring, (laughs) you know, we might be our worst self at that moment, you know, and we have to own that, we have to take accountability for that and try and get better and, and kind of work through that, right? But but it's also unrealistic in the same way that our kids aren't their best selves to us <laughs> in the moment of their Now birth. that's true. You know, like no one can be their best selves to all Every the people that all the they love. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's just impossible. So yeah, let's not even it's, aim
0: for that. Let's not let's just aim for
1: one. No, like I know. So. <laughs> but I think I know, but I think, like, unconsciously we put that pressure on ourselves. Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. Yeah. Like,
0: you want to be a good parent, well, you know, course. like, you, you want to desperately do that. But sometimes the external world just has oh. other plans. I, I burnt dinner tonight, Danuka, and I had to... <laughs> I put it on, oh, please. I bought so <laughs> I put it on, and then I decided to do a meeting because I was working from home. Yeah, you know that yeah. fun life of working yes. and parenting yes. and doing all that. And then it burnt. And then, so I said, "All right, off to Coles we go." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Went and bought dinner again. So, cool. that wasn't my best self. Totally
1: fine, fairly <laughs> Totally fine, but yeah, I, I had the computer going while. My son was at swimming. I, I burnt his toast this morning, you know, like, yeah, just like everything, you know. It's just, yeah, it's just everything, yeah. Anyway,
0: that's life, isn't it, Januka? It, is. it <laughs> totally is. Now, I, you know I ask this question all the time, but I, I keep asking it because I think it evolves. I think sometimes we write for different reasons, for different purposes in different novels, etc., etc. So no one can even ever remember the answer they gave me the first time, which is good. So I want to know how it's changed when i ask you the question why do you write
1: oh i don't even know if i did i ever answer this question for you i'm gonna look up
0: our past episode yeah right (laughs) Man, hopefully
1: it's not the exact same answer but i mean i think like in a very broad sense there's probably two reasons i write one to process both my experience and 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 what's happening in the world, but also to escape from it. So so that those are the two reasons I write. Because uh, sometimes when my anxiety, including anxiety about my writing, is at its worst, the the place I go to escape is another writing project. You know, the the, the writing project that no one else knows about mm-hmm. that. Hasn't got eyes on it at all, um, and is entirely mine. And that, and 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 actually, um, even as I speak about it, um, that was actually the reason I got into writing in the first place. You know, like to literally escape like everybody's version of me yep. and what they thought they knew about me, and um, you know, my identity as a mother and 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 wife and all the rest of it. Like I would escape into that very first manuscript. So essentially, I still do that. Like I do that all the time yeah. when things and even when just just like the world is too much when it's yep. just you
0: know because it's like I hear it's
1: just always too much because it's freaking every single thing is like oh my god the world is just going to hell in a handbasket so <laughs> it's just uh you know it, it all is too much right yeah. sometimes. Um so yes so I definitely use it as an es- escape route into a world that you know essentially I can control. Um, but then but, but then like, but then I am actually through that writing process and through building these characters and and making them go through these things. I'm essentially processing that experience. Yeah. You know? So I'm processing time. motherhood and I'm processing you yeah. know work life balance and I'm processing like all of that. I'm processing through my characters because those are the things I'm interested in, but also the things that I've experienced and you know I um, find challenging or, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. So I'd say those are the Oh, I
0: totally relate. I tell you what, the yeah. podcast was born from trying to distract myself yeah. from my anxiety. Um, yeah. The writing really helps, and you know, I know that there's some, you know, criticism about social media, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but it's honestly the one place that if I start scrolling, my anxiety disappears. Yeah, right. And so I just, you know, I just have to do the things that are gonna just toss it aside. I know it's temporary, but yeah, you just gotta do those things, you hmm. know. So yeah, yeah, you know, I do love social media, probably for that reason, because anxiety doesn't okay. live there. <laughs> anxiety doesn't live in the podcast, in the books, or in the phone. So ah, <laughs>
1: that's that's great. I, I do I'm kind of the opposite of social media, all right. So let's not get into that. I think but...
0: I'm a minority, Danuka, because I think social media creates anxiety for most people I'm like, no, it's my happy place.
1: <laughs> well you say that so you know, I mean Instagram the reels oh my god like you know half an hour later I'm like yeah right later, I'm like just freaking scroll through you know like all these recipes and, exactly, you know, exactly. Food and, oh, anyway well, whatever. it's the
0: perfect yeah. resolution you know if you are a bit of an extrovert which I you know I am um, you still feel like even though you're trapped at home working or you're on mm. pickup, you can still connect with people. So yeah. I really like that aspect of it. You know, you can still go, Oh, this is what Danuka's up to, oh, she's yeah. got this going on, I'll have a little comment and a little like and you know, you have done that little bit of yeah. communication with people and it takes you out of, you know, your current world. So good and bad though. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always yeah. brilliant speaking to you, Danuka. Aww. I love talking to you about your process and we always sort of delve into, you know, where those things come from in our personal lives because we do have sort of similar you know, experiences as mothers of young children and trying to write and trying to survive anxiety and all that stuff. So it's nice to see all that reflected. And I'm just so happy that you've got your second book and you're writing your third and they're beautiful and amazing. And you're really deserving of all this because you are also, you know, really supportive of the book community. So... Love chatting to you and uh, good luck with the rest of the month and all your book things. Oh, thank you so much, Danny. I so
1: appreciate you having me on here. You do, you just do so much for the community. And I really appreciate um, getting the opportunity to chat to you once again. It's been lovely. It thank has. you. No worries.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Janooka. Thank you. Bye.